So there's a hole. There's a hole right here. So if I suddenly fall, you know why. If I just like drop out of the picture, you'll know why. I'll probably be okay, but I'm going to try to avoid it, but it's, it's tricky. Anyway, okay. What I, <laughs> some, just one of the challenges of doing this thing outside, right? Um, wanted to remind you that uh, we are leadership here at Renew. We're working on plans uh, to uh, move indoors because we realize. Uh, we're not quite sure when that will be. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that we're waiting for, too, is for the Ames School District to, uh, right now they're all online, and so we're sort of waiting for them also to transition uh, to some in-person stuff as well. Uh, as the numbers go down in, in Story County, uh, we'll make that move, too. So uh, we're figuring out what that's going to look like, and once we know more information, uh, we'll let you know, hopefully. Uh, I'm not going to give you a date now, but hopefully at some point in October uh, we'll be able to move in because we think that's about when the weather's going to get too cold anyway. So I just want to remind you that, that we'll be doing that. But uh, we also will be uh, streaming online uh, as well once we move indoors. So uh, if that's not your jam right now, that's fine. You don't have to move in with us. You can, uh, you can do it online. So, all right. So this morning we are looking at a story from the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 16, verses 1 through 15. Uh, if you've got it with you, you can follow along. Otherwise, just, uh, just listen along. Uh, before we read, let's pray together. Oh God, we are so grateful. Uh, grateful that you meet us in this place. Grateful that you reveal yourself to us. Uh, we're grateful for this book, for the scriptures. Thank you for speaking to us in them and through them. I hear this morning, God, we, we ask that you would just open our hearts and our minds uh, so that we might be able to, to hear what you have to say uh, to us this morning. Because we believe that you speak in this way. We're not really quite exactly sure how that works, but... That's what we believe is going on here, that we actually get to hear your voice and you reveal yourself to us. So please do that this morning. Change us, transform us, so that we look more like Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. So the Israelites have been rescued from Egypt. They're now in the wilderness and they're having some new experiences and this is part of that story. As the planes fly overhead. Are they doing some exercise this morning we didn't know about? Somebody call the airport. Tell them to put the planes away. Okay. I hope you can't hear it, but we can. It's loud. So here's how the story goes. The whole Israelite community set out from Elim and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. So they've been liberated. Now they're in the wilderness. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, Oh, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. Oh, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. 
There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food that we wanted. But you brought us out into this desert. They're, they're talking to Moses and Aaron. But you've brought us out here into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they're to prepare what they are bringing in. And that is to be twice as much as they gather on all the other days because the Sabbath and all that. Don't work on the Sabbath. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, in the evening you will know that it was the Lord. In the evening you will know that it was, it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord because he's heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, you will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. There's a line that keeps repeating itself. Maybe you've caught it. If not, we'll talk about it later. The, Moses told Aaron, say to the entire Israelite community, come before the Lord for he has heard your grumbling. While Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked toward the desert and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in a cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I've heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you will eat meat and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening quail came and covered the camp and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? For they didn't know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. We will go that far. Oh, this is so hard. If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. If only. I mean, back then in Egypt, man, we had all the meat we could eat. Yeah, we were slaves, but that's, we had all the stuff we could eat. Our bellies were full. If only. If, if only we had died in Egypt. If only, really? You want to you wanna do that? You want to play, play that game? So, in a little over a week, on September 23, uh, Renee and I will celebrate 20 years of marriage. That's pretty cool. I don't need applause, but sure, go ahead. That's, that's, that feels good. Oh, it makes me so happy. And uh, so that's a big milestone, right? 20 years. It's a huge milestone. On November 25, our oldest, Samuel, he will turn 16. That means he can get into a vehicle and drive all by himself without any of us, without me or Renee. We could put our two younger sons in the car with him and say, ah, go ahead, get out of here. What? Another big milestone. <laughs> Huge milestone, right? And when, I don't know about you, but whenever I have these big milestones in my life, I get a little bit nostalgic. I start thinking back 
right? Because we're feeling like we're getting older and our boys are getting bigger. They, they're becoming real adult human beings and it's like weird. And so I started thinking back, I get nostalgic and I start thinking back to, uh, to when they were much younger and we were much younger and I just want to sort of relive those days. So I found myself thinking back, back to when Renee and I were just new parents. When we, when we first had Samuel and he was like a newborn up to like three, four, five months. There's so many times when we found ourselves scratching our heads, just standing there feeling like we don't know what we're doing. Like we're totally in over our heads. We found ourselves in situations over which we had absolutely no control. You cannot control a little baby. You can't do it. So you find yourself like completely out of it. You're like, we don't know what we're doing. We have no control over the situation. When we found ourselves in places like that, we would play a little game together. It's called the Maybe It's Game. Have you heard of this game? No, because I just made it up. The Maybe It's Game. It's a really simple game. It sort of goes a little bit like this. The game begins with one of us asking the other as we're laying in bed at two in the morning, why do you think he's crying? Right? And then we would take turns and just make guesses. And the only rule of the game was you had to start your guess with maybe it's. So guesses would usually go something like this. Maybe it's a great big hunger pang, right? And he's hungry and he just needs to eat. Or maybe it's a tooth that's coming in and he's actually in pain. Maybe it's that painful bottled up feeling that we all get when we're a little bit constipated. Because when you have a little baby, you're always worried about their bowel movements, about when they're going to poop and what it's going to look like. It's crazy. So you start thinking this. Maybe he's constipated. Maybe it's gas. Maybe it's, maybe he's just lonely as he's laying there in his crib. Maybe it's, maybe it's the dark he's afraid of. Maybe it's, maybe it's. And the game would, would only end when one of us would get to the point um, where we got sick of it. We had to go in and, and, and rescue him right? The maybe it's game. It's born out of the, the, I have no idea what I'm doing here feeling. And it comes alive in those situations over which we have absolutely no control. And it's actually a helpful game. It's helpful because sooner or later, what happens? You might actually, it's a creative game. You might actually stumble across the right solution and be able to change this little bundle of bawling mess back into a bundle of joy. Are you with me? So, but when we play the maybe it's game, we had to be really, really careful because there's a fine line between that game and another game. The other game, because the maybe it's game can turn into the, oh, if only game. And the if only game is is, can be a dangerous game. It too is born out of the feeling of, I have no idea what I'm doing. It comes alive in those situations over which we have absolutely no control. And it would sound like this. Oh, if only he would learn how to sleep through the night. If only he would figure out how to keep down solid food or eat solid food, then his belly would be full at night and he would sleep through the night. If only he would be able to deal with the pain of teething. It can't be that bad. Then we would be able to sleep through the night. The if only game. Are you familiar with this game? We play this game and it sounds a lot like complaining and grumbling and murmuring. Complaining, murmuring, 
grumbling. Do you know the Bible knows a lot about that? In fact, there's a whole Jewish tradition about complaining and murmuring. Just read the books of Exodus and Numbers. <laughs> read through it. It's kind of funny when you're just looking for it because it seems like the Israelites, all they know how to do is complain. All they knew, know how to do is, if only those guys would stop flying those planes. <laughs> it seems like the Israelites, the only thing they know how to do is complain and murmur and grumble. So the Bible sort of addresses it. The Bible knows that life is full of setbacks. The Bible knows that, that life is full of problems, that people get scared. People get frustrated, and those emotions are very real and raw, especially when people are on the move and things around them are changing at a rapid pace, like the Israelites. They are literally on the move in the wilderness. And when you're on the move and things are changing around you at a rapid pace, it's easy to get scared, it's easy to get frustrated, and it's easy to complain about what's going on. It's easy to go down that hole. I'm sure the Israelites had just been rescued, liberated from the bondage of slavery out of Egypt. They've been led by, I mean, God sent down these curses, these plagues. It was like this big, massive, miraculous what? Right? They've been led out by those enormous pillars of cloud and fire. They had just escaped the grip of the Egyptian army when the Red Sea was parted and they walked across on dry ground and then they watched the waters swallow up the whole Egyptian army. Sure, they had, they had this other experience where they had just bitter water in the wilderness and then it was, it was miraculously changed, transformed into this sweet water for them to drink. But now they were in the middle, they were in the middle of the wilderness with no food. That's a problem. They were hungry. They had livestock with them, but they needed the milk. So there wasn't going to be any tasty barbecues out there in the desert of sin. No. They needed food. They looked at what they had. They looked at the wilderness that surrounded them. They got scared. They got frustrated. I'm guessing they had that we don't know what we're doing feeling. They were in a situation over which they had, they had no control. So what did they do? They moaned and groaned, whined, whimpered, complained, murmured, however you want to say it. And they started playing that if-only game. Right? Verses 2 and 3. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord by the Lord's hand in Egypt. And later on they would say, if only we could just go back to Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate food, all the food we wanted. But you've brought us out here into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. If only, if only. And we sometimes get stuck playing the if only game, right? Oh my goodness. And if you're thinking you've never played this game Think again, because there isn't a person here. There isn't a person on the planet who hasn't played the if-only game because we're all, we can all get a little self-righteous and selfish 
every once in a while. We tend to, to turn inward on ourselves and, and not in a good way, right? It's when we have that feeling that we don't know what we're doing or we're in a situation over which we have no control. Here's some if-onlys that might sound familiar to you. If only I could just win the lottery. Like, I don't need the jackpot, the Powerball jackpot. I don't need no hundreds of millions. Just a million would be fine. Then I could do all of the things that I want to do. If only we had more money. If only I had a job that paid me what I deserved, like six figures-ish. If only I had that. Oh, then we wouldn't have to worry about feeding the kids and paying the bills. If only I had a house somewhere on a lake then I could totally relax. I could get the rest I need. If only I didn't have to take care of my elderly parents. If only I had enough time to exercise. If only I had enough time to figure out how to eat better so that I, so that I can treat my body better. But I'm always in such a hurry. I just don't have time. If only my kids would do what I tell them to do. If only we had worn masks from the beginning, we'd be through this pandemic. If only people would just forget about wearing masks, then we'd get herd immunity. See what I did there? Both sides, equal opportunity offender right here. If only, if only, if only. We all get stuck playing this game. If only. Author Leonard Sweet, <laughs> He compares complaining and moaning and murmuring to a medical condition known as the heart murmur. I think this is interesting. He says that in a heart murmur, the heart is actually doing its job really well, but there's a problem. Some of the blood that gets pumped through the heart reverses and backwashes over one of the valves that isn't working properly. It's not closing the right way. So it's this backwash. It's in this not quite with it backwash that fails to keep up and go with the flow that creates what the doctors hear as a murmur in the stethoscope. But even in someone with a heart murmur, a good portion of that blood makes it through the heart, into the veins, it goes towards the lungs, where it then gets rejuvenated, renewed with oxygen. Right Now, when you're faced with a situation over which you have no control, the question becomes, are you going to go with the flow, taking life as it comes, moving forward despite events and obstacles, trusting that God will actually provide like God has provided in the past, or are we backwash? To put it more simply, will we trust in God or we just give up, start complaining, moaning, Hey, we want to be people who go with the flow, right? We want to be people who go in spite of all the obstacles that we find. We long to trust in God. Not one of us here wants, anybody want to be known as backwash? That just sounds gross. You're backwash. We're backwash. So what does it take? Well, let's just follow the flow of the narrative and see what Aaron and Moses and the Lord are trying to get the people, the Israelites, to do. So I'm going to sort of skip around. I'll give it to you. The flow of the narrative goes like this. Verse 4, Then the Lord said to Moses, It will rain down bread from heaven for you. In verse 6, 
So Moses and Aaron said to the Israelites, In the evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. Verse 8, You will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and bread you want in the morning. Verse 12, The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Why? Then you will know that I am the Lord. Where do they keep drawing their attention? What does it take to go with the flow, to trust in God? Does it take a miracle? I mean, does it really take a miracle? I don't think it does. I don't even think that that's the point of this whole story, the miracle bread and the miracle meat. I don't think that's the point of this story at all. I think this story is about what God and Moses and Aaron are trying to get the Israelites to remember. It was the Lord who brought them to where they are. It was the Lord who led them out of Egypt. They were there because God brought them there. Remember, God brought you here. That's what it takes to go with the flow, to trust God, to remember that God's been there in the past. You've experienced that. He's brought you to where you are today. God has been faithful. You can trust that God will be faithful now and God will be faithful in the future. So what does it take again? Let me see if I can get at it this way. A few weeks ago, our family was driving home um, we had about a half hour drive from my, my sister's place. And uh, we uh, had the radio on and a song came on. And we were, we were a little bit excited about it because it was a good song. So Renee and I found ourselves singing at almost the top of our lungs to this song. Some seriously good singing, by the way. It was a great song. And then at the end of it, Renee looks over at me and she's like, you could totally use that in a sermon someday. And I was like, I know, right? Like, I've thought about that with this song for a really long time. I could totally use this in a sermon one day. Well, guess what? Today's the day, babe. This is going to happen. We're going to do it right now. Now, in spite of what you might think of the artist who wrote the song and performed the song, it's actually a really good song. Do you want to know what it is? I thought you might. It's, it's a song called Man in the Mirror by a guy named Michael Jackson. You know that song? Right? It goes a little something like this. I'm not going to sing it. Should I sing it? You want me to? I heard yes. Renee's saying no. I'm going to make a change. Oh, once in my life, it's going to feel real good. Going to make a difference. Going to make it right. Okay, that was terrible. Um, but somewhere along the line, if you're going to be my friend, um, you have to see my terrible Michael Jackson. There's more to it. It's just not appropriate for this stage. Anyway, but here's how the, here's how the, uh, the chorus goes. It goes, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him 
or her to make a change. No message could have been any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make that change. That's what God is trying to do here. He's like, remember? Like you keep, you're focused on the situation. You're focused on how out of control you are. You're focused on that feeling of not knowing what to do. That's where you're focused. And you're not remembering. You're not remembering how you got here, who, you, who brought you here, who's promised to be with you the whole time. That's what we do, right? And then we focus on other people and we're trying to get them to change so that we don't have to. Friends, I think that's what this story is about. When we're faced with a situation over which we have no control, it's that feeling that we don't have any, we don't have any idea what we're doing. Gosh, have we felt that way recently? We like to play the if-only game. We're always tempted to complain and murmur. And complaining and murmur turns us, turns us in on ourselves and not in a good way. Instead, we look at ourselves in the mirror and we start there and make the change there. We change our own hearts. We remember that, oh my goodness, the Lord brought me to where I am here today. We remember that God has been faithful in the past. And we trust that God will be faithful now and that God will be faithful in the future. Because then and only then will we be able to be thankful and rejoice for the daily bread that we have all around us every single day. Things like this. A job. A house or a place to live that will protect us from the elements. People who care about you. A church, a spouse, children, parents, extended family, friends, schools that are available to all, safe food to eat, safe water to drink. People who take away your garbage when you put it at the end of your driveway. You don't even have to do it. It's like a miracle. You put it in this bin and you put it at the end of your driveway. Daily bread, gifts, grace, all around. We have toilets in our house, people. That is a miracle, if you ask me. There are all kinds of stuff, all kinds of blessings, graces, daily bread, all around us, all the time. But if we just focus on how out of control we are, or we think we are, if we just focus... Man, that's all. We're going to complain. We're going to play the if-only game. But if we stop and remember, oh my goodness, God brought me here today. Look at all of this around me that I can rejoice in, that I can be grateful for. The Bible says never, don't, never, don't ever complain. Sometimes we complain. It, it, it sort of gets frustration and sadness out of your heart for a little while. But praise and thanksgiving are better. Faith and trust bring us to a different place where we don't play the if-only game, where we play the, oh, maybe we could do this game. It's a more creative game. Or maybe we can work with God to do this. Or maybe now I, once I've made that change in my heart, now I can be a part of moving us forward. Are you with me? You can complain if you want to. It's just not as much fun. Let's pray. God, thank you for 
these stories, the ways in which you speak to us in them and through them. And we ask God, because we've all got things that are frustrating us. We've all got things that, that make us sad. We all got things that make us feel like we don't have any control because we're living in a world that seems to be changing faster and faster and faster every day all around us. And God, all we want to do is try our best to remain faithful to you, to live lives that are honoring to you in ways that contribute to the healing of the world. So God, help us, especially in these times of these unknown times. Help us to get creative. Help us to work with you and remember that you're the one who brought us here. You're the one who's going to be faithful today and move us along. Pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together and sing.